What up, world? We are back at it again. It's your boys, the Baguette Boys. I'm here with our best friends, Connor and Richie. Hey, back at it again with the French bread. <laughs> so, I'm super excited to to be hosting this podcast. I got it's it's me, Derek. You guys couldn't tell. I don't know if you guys can know my voice yet, but it's me, and I'm excited to to say that because going forward, I will be your host. Uh, we just thought it was a little bit better logistically and flow wise if we just had one person be host going forward. Um, but we're still all very involved in every single aspect of this podcast for you guys and excited for what we have in store for you. Um, last piece of logistics for you is we have an Instagram and a Twitter account. We would love for you guys to follow along there, mostly to, to give us feedback, any comments, questions, concerns you have, or just, you know, interact and hang out with your favorite baguette boys. We're, we're there. So come or- here. If you want to be a guest, feel free to DM us too. Oh, yeah, get that plug in there. So yeah, come hang out with us on social media. We'll put the links, um, links and or the the handles below in the description. So check that out. So getting into the meat of the podcast, we will start off like we always start off, which is reviewing our challenge from last week. And I'll pass it over to Connor to recap what the challenge was and start us off. Yeah, I mean, the challenge last week uh, was about, well, first of all, the podcast last week was a great one, growth and fixed mindset. And one of the one things that I really try to put forward is, you know, saying more positive things. We have a lot of negative self-talk in our lives. And uh, I'm a pretty positive person, uh, but in the environment I work in, I work at a kickboxing studio that's more towards the general population. So we have a lot of people that come in and try this activity out and they have to learn a new skill and learning anything new is always a bit frustrating for anybody, right? Um, but if you have that growth mindset, you're never going to eliminate and say, I can't do this and just quit. You're going to have that mentality of saying, let me give it a shot. Let me give it another try. Let me try this and try that. So a lot of people come into our studio and have that fixed mindset saying they can't do something. And it's very enjoyable for me to watch the progression from a fixed mindset to a growth mindset when they actually can do something. I can actually get them to throw a punch correctly. They can kick correctly. Um, so having them have that fixed mindset in the beginning of class, and then an hour later, they automatically have that growth mindset. It's very rewarding on my end. So uh, I apply that every day in my life and every time we have somebody new come into the gym. So that's how I've taken that challenge to that next level is just making sure I'm more positive towards those gen pop people coming in so that they feel comfortable that they can and know that they can do something. Nice, man. That's awesome. That's your positivity is rubbing off on other people, which is all you can really ask for. Yeah, I love it. So with that, I'm going to pass it over to Richie. What would you do for this challenge? Yeah, so I think I've mentioned a little bit in the past couple episodes that I've been sick and this and that. And uh, yeah, I'm having a little bit of a surgery coming up. Uh, By the time this comes out, I will pat it. And it's basically a tonsillectomy. So it's not too big of a too much of a scary thing or a big uh, surgery. But, uh, you know, I will be out of commission for about two weeks. And, you know, um, it will be a difficult will be kind of interesting. So we'll see. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, what I've been doing is really just focusing a lot on different positivity things. Um, uh, just kind of keeping really a thankful and appreciative mode, like mindset on just the, the different things that are going on in my life. And, um, and yeah, so I think that that's been the big thing for me. Um, and I think, you know, having that mindset has been super helpful for me, uh, not just this 
this week, but the week before, because, you know, I think we had to give yourself a break. And so I've been just kind of um, relaxing, trying to, you know, get ready for this surgery. So it's been a very interesting couple of weeks for me and having that positive mindset has been super helpful. Uh, you know, something I learned in business school was like, you know, negativity spreads way faster than positivity. Um, so like one negative uh, experience will like spread seven times faster or like one negative experience is equivalent to like seven positive experiences because people always remember the negative. Um, and so I just trying to keep such a positive mind while going into this surgery because um, you never know what's going to happen. And I, at least I have my boys here to, to back me up and my family. So it'll be, uh, it'll be great uh, two weeks of, uh, uh, you know, recovery, but these guys, uh, these guys got my back here and, uh, lounging and relaxing, bro. Ice cream is your best friend for two weeks. I know. Ice hopefully. cream for ice cream. Yeah, ice cream and mayo. <laughs> I don't know if, uh, I don't know if ice cream and baguettes go too well together, but we'll see. <laughs> well, we're going to find out. We're so mayo out. and baguettes go together. Maybe. 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 <laughs> <laughs> but, um, anyways, so that was honestly, a killer way to roll into my part of this because I don't know if I could follow it up, but uh, I'm not having surgery. So my challenge did not revolve around that. I, my weekdays have been pretty hectic, which is good. I've been really busy the past few weeks and I, I've been loving it, but my weekends um, with the exception of one that I went home have been pretty relaxed and it's been good to relax, but I feel very restless and I tend to beat myself up about it. So this past weekend, when I noticed it coming on, where I would just beat myself up, I kind of changed the terminology with myself, and it it helped. It didn't it didn't really flip the switch. It didn't get me to where I wanted to be, but there there's a moment where I kind of said to myself, you know, what? it's okay to relax and it's okay to not necessarily work on all these things that I want to work on. So it helped a lot. So thank you, Connor. I appreciate it. Oh, any time. Positive mindset. Definitely a difficult thing to get involved with, but once you get there, definitely puts a smile on your face. <laughs> but um good we talked about our challenge so let's roll right into the one minute week in review we'll go around the horn again but this time i'll start with richie how was your week talk to me my week was good i think i hinted on it a little bit um been pretty relaxing and you know just trying to keep a positive mindset going into uh surgery and so yeah i think it's been i think it's been good you know i haven't been too worried about it or too stressed out about it but i think other people have so it's been kind of rubbing off on me here or there it'll probably hit me going into it uh the day of but um yeah it's been pretty pretty good mindset going in i think it's been a as i mentioned pretty relaxing i got to go to the beach which was super nice and had a three-day weekend um yeah it was good but i think uh, i'm excited for this podcast so let's get after it today boys yeah let's get it cool connor hit, hit us with that one minute we can review uh, it was good. You know, I'm going to start off right away with my sleep consistency. And there was two days where I had uh, bad sleep consistency. And it seems to be a consistent theme on those certain days. Um, so I just have to find a different habit or a different pattern to adjust for those days to really get into it. Because the other days where I'm getting, you know, where I'm going to sleep at a reasonable hour, that 11, 1130 mark, I'm waking up feeling really, really good. And most of the days that I've been waking up, it's been without my alarm. Um, which is really, really awesome because waking up without an alarm, I just feel so much more refreshed and ready to take on the day. It feels good. So uh, on that goal track, I've been feeling good. Um, but other than that, it was a really relaxing week. Uh, the past couple months, I've just been nonstop 
with activities or just doing things, going to visit family. And I finally got a week to just kind of chillax and uh, eat some baguettes. And it was a fantastic week. <laughs> did you just say chillax? Hey, I wonder chillax, where... I did, bro. You got a problem with that? <laughs> I don't. I don't. I have a question, though. Yeah. Um, you get off work super late on a couple of days. And are those the days that are correlated to you going to sleep after 1130? No, surprisingly, those are the days where I actually go to bed earlier than 11, 11.30 because I work afternoon shifts some days where it's 1 to 9.30. And most of those days, it's like jam-packed with people coming in, with classes going nonstop. So I'm just absolutely exhausted. Luckily, those days that I work afternoons, I don't have to wake up early for a morning shift. So I'm able to kind of sleep in a little bit. And that's when I tend to wake up before my alarm. So actually, those days, I'm sleeping more <laughs> yeah i was just trying to think if there's like any type of correlation between work schedule and sleep but then basically where i was going with that is that yeah we can sometimes set goals and those goals might be like hey i have to hit this this thing and i think 11 30 is a good time but should the um goal be to go to bed at a certain time or should it be to get a x amount of hours of sleep or be in bed for x amount of hours um, anyways, it was just kind of what was popping into my head. I know we're a little bit off topic, but, um, uh, I know it's always good to like sometimes change your goals based on, you know, how the things are going and iterate as we go. So just something to think about as we move forward throughout the rest of the month. Oh, definitely. I mean, let me just finish that. I mean, when I'm going to bed at those earlier hours, especially the nights that I get out at nine 30, I am up and ready to go in the morning because that's the only time I can do things. I can't do things from one to nine thirty, and that's when most people do their things <laughs> whether it's grocery shop laundry whatever it is i have to get up in the morning and i have to do that stuff so sometimes yeah. i wish i could be in bed for 12 hours but some of the times i just have to do what i do and uh it's been working out really well cool sorry derek i know we got off topic derek how was your one week bro thank you thank you for asking i got you I appreciate it. Uh, so yeah, my week, as I alluded to before, weekdays are extremely busy. Let's see if I can cram this into a minute. Um, I'm trying to move to San Francisco. That's been going on for a while. It's not going so well. I had two apartments flake on me in the last half week. One, three total long term. So it sucks. Um, I have some more going on this weekend. Um, I'll be in San Francisco to actually check it out and hopefully get something signed. Besides that, uh, I had my presentation for my pro first project for my program. On last Friday, it went really well. Actually, before this call, Connor and Richie were playing my game, and we were having a little, little fun. It's um, awesome. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. I love it. We're actually, we're actually going to share that on our Instagram. So go ahead and check that out on our Instagram page. Ooh, yes, we are. So if you guys want to play some, some concentration, um, I got you. But um, yeah, that went well. What else? I finished the chapter I was on for studying. So my contract from a few episodes ago was to not start a new season of anime until I finished that lesson. So I finished and then I binged quite a lot of anime. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> um, not gonna lie. He watched an entire season in one day. <laughs> I, ooh, I wish, but I'm pretty close to it. So um, it went well, it served its purpose, but once I finish this little little mini binge, I'm gonna go back to studying the next chapter. Um, I already have my game plan set out in my software, so that'll go well. Um, yeah, goals are going pretty well. I think I'm gonna continue with the Japanese kick until the end of the year, and then we'll see what I, if I pivot to something else or if I somehow miraculously add something new in. But yeah, that was my week. Whew. 
that was a lot more than a minute, I feel like. But it's all good because now we at the main topic of today's podcast. And I did not talk about a big piece of my week because it's a good segue into today's podcast. But the Lakers are 2020 champions, baby. And your boy is so happy. I'm I couldn't moved. tell. I couldn't tell. Yes, all I did sir. was get texts and Snapchats of all of his friends and family celebrating a Lakers championship win. Hey, hey, Connor. Um, who who's your NBA team again? By the way, just wanna just wanna ask. You Celtics, baby. The Celtics. Ah, uh, that, that sucks. They did not win the Eastern Conference. So. <laughs> um, but anyway, so I think it's a good topic to talk about because we're all sports people here. Obviously, I'm a big Lakers fan, but. The topic today is championship teamwork because I think both teams in the finals exuded exuded a lot of teamwork and camaraderie. Um, obviously, the Lakers were title contenders the entire way, but the Miami Heat were also pretty good people to talk about. Pretty good. Um, uh, I can't even think of the word. Just like an example of teamwork and what you can accomplish, even though people might not believe in you, right? Jimmy Butler and what he did with that team is incredible. So I'd like to start off today's championship teamwork theme with asking a question about just general team camaraderie and team synergy. How do you instill a sense of friendship and camaraderie among your teammates? Because obviously you can be a part of a team and you don't have to like each other. There's been plenty of teams in the past that just really good and they just play well together. But how do you instill that sense of camaraderie and and other people? Um, I'll, I'll pass this over to Richie first, if he can, if he can take it. Yeah, <laughs> difficult question, like always here. Um, yeah, I think this is very a very deep question in terms of like camaraderie and teamwork, um, obviously. But I think this also gets into personalities on the team. Um, and I think it's really about being open and having conversations. You know, I think when, you know, there's always going to be different roles on every team and um, – Sometimes you might have a couple of players or team members that can kind of both do the same thing. Um, and having that open conversation about, you know, different things is going to be super important. Um, I think like Derek, for example, like I work as a project manager, Derek on when we're doing a lot of our operation stuff here is like, it's it, I, now he's the project manager for us in a lot of different ways. And it's super weird for me sometimes. Um, and I was just like, I just had to be open about it and just like, hey, I, also, I don't want to do this. I don't want to be a project manager 24 hours a day for every single day. So it's it's nice for me to have that like transition and nice different thing. Um, but yeah, I think it's just about being open. I think, it, you know, everybody's going to go through the stages of like storming, norming. I'm blanking on the rest, but uh, storming, norming. Um, I think, Derek, you might, do you know what I'm talking about? The different no stages about. of a team. I think it's like storming, norming, forming, and performing. Yeah, so it's like for, forming, you form the team, then you end up having a storming, which is like, hey, like this is, uh, it's kind of like a little bit of bickering and back and forth. Um, and then it's kind of things start to normal out. And then ultimately when you start to get consistency and it compounds, hashtag consistency compounds, uh, you, start to, you start to perform better. And so ultimately, um, you know, I think it's being open through all of that. You know, it's not going to be easy. Building a team is never easy. Um, and, you know, if you're not honest and upfront about different things, it's, it's not going to be a uh, it's not going to be a high 
performing team um, because there's always going to be animosity or something there. And uh, you got to protect your, protect the team from that. You can't be an eye guy. It's all about the team. Yeah, that's tough. I mean, I, going on to that, it's a lot about being open-minded too and having a unique team. If you want to bring this into like a work setting, I mean, playing to people's strengths is a big thing to do, especially being a leader in the gym and being a project manager. I'm sure you know where people are strong in certain areas and you're not going to find somebody that is weak in an area and tell them to do that certain task. You're not going to get the performance that you want and that's where the frustration will come from. That's where you'll get quote-unquote hate. Well, I hate to use that word, but you get that kind of frustration out of them. That's a better word to use there. Um, so having that open mind and understanding your team is a is a best is the best way to build that championship kind of group. Yeah, I think if you like look at a lot of the you look at the Miami Heat, like if we're just taking this as an example, you look at the Miami Heat and you look at the Lakers. Um, and I'm a Laker fan, also, maybe not as much as Derek, but I am a Laker fan. And the thing that I've noticed is like I. You know, on the Lakers, the thing that they did differently this year than a lot of past years has been really around roles. And so they had different guys on their team that could play a specific role. And they knew that that was their role and they accepted that. And that, yeah, maybe at times they had to, you know, go beyond that role and play outside of that role uh, when they were asked to. But like in a lot of the different guys, and one of the guys' names is Dwight Howard. And Dwight Howard used to be an ex Laker. And he used to be this superstar guy and he had a superstar personality. And then all of a sudden, a couple years later, he ended up, you know, going to all these different teams and things were not necessarily working out. And he said, forget it. Like, I'm going for a championship. I want to get a championship. And he, you know, had to accept this role that he was going to play on the team. And when he accepted that role, you know, he got super good at it. And um, he played out of this world, like during the season, you know, and in the playoffs, especially like in the, in the Western Conference Finals, he killed it, and uh, and then you know they ended up winning so in the championship. So I think it's you know you when you know your role and you accept and I'm not saying you should accept a lower role or a higher role, but I'm saying like on every team you might have a role um, or you need to define a role out for you, um, and you need to have that conversation with the team. And sometimes it might not feel great to take or to feel like you're taking a lesser role, but. Um, when you start to give other people around you bigger opportunities, they also get to grow and you might get a little bit more specialized and better at your specific job too. And so I think, uh, knowing your role and being open about how those conversations are super helpful. Hashtag TTP bro. Trust the process. I can I mean, say, I, I can tell you guys are my best friends cause we started off in this entire topic and you immediately got to the points I want to talk about. Connor even said it where it's like, how do we translate this to the workplace? And I was like, dang it, that's that's my job as a host. I want to transition that. But and then Richie took it a step further and he talked about roles. So I, I, the question I want to pose to you guys with those two things is what like what roles do you see in the workplace that are transitionable from sports in that aspect? Because I feel like a lot of especially a lot of guys out there that like look up the sports icons and they like have it in their cubicle or something like that. Not that you have to work in the cubicle, but they look up to these sports icons and I feel like a lot of them miss the, the actual point of like sacrifice for your team and like realizing that you have to take a smaller role to make this project work or something like that. And in the long run, it'll make you pay off and like themes like that. So if this is too big of a question, please let me know. But I like, I just want to know what you guys think about how do you translate these certain themes to the workplace and people on people's 
specific teams in their lives. Yeah, I think it has to do with work ethic. I mean, a lot of the times we look at these role models and we see them perform so well, but we don't see a lot of behind the scenes work. And I, that's kind of what this podcast is about is finding that path to success and the behind the scenes work that we see for all these successful people and trying to translate that from these professional idolized people and trying to apply that in our own workspace. It's all about work ethic. It's all about understanding your role. And I, and I, I think that's where you're trying to get to is how can you translate that professionalism from these multi-million dollar athletes to your <laughs> your job and for me it's seeing a leader and, and translating that into a managerial position which i talked about last podcast was something that i beat myself up on and i didn't really realize how influential the leadership that i had and the captainship that i had on soccer would translate into being a manager for a team and so that's kind of where i see that going Definitely with the leadership. I, I think that's so that when I want to talk about leadership is like the different leadership styles, right? LeBron James is, he's always about his business, you know, like even though as a previous Laker fan before he came to Lakers, I hated his guts. I was like, ah, LeBron's not better than Kobe. Screw that. But his leadership style is very much like, I can do this. Like, let's follow my lead. And as long as you follow my lead, we got this. And he, he proves it right, right? If you follow his lead, there's always that someone that you, when they come in the room, you know that they they are confident they got and they it carry right? and i feel well. like they carry themselves well right and they 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 not only carry themselves well but then when it comes to time to perform they perform and i feel like if that someone is in your room and you know that they can perform better than you yeah it might suck to concede to their way of thinking but it might be in your best interest to for the project and for your career as well right there's also the there's a lot of reports that were coming out during the finals which was like one of the guys on the team who's also a little bit older Rajon rondo um was also a guy who confronted lebron and said hey like some of the stuff that you're doing is actually off-putting to the younger guys on the team and we actually need you to do xyz better and which is really just like hey when these guys who have looked up to you this entire your entire their entire life uh misses a shot or does something wrong, they look over at you, and if you're giving them the cold shoulder, know, a weird, yeah. like a face, yeah, the cold shoulder or a look of disappointment, that rubs them the wrong way. And if you just said one thing of, and this goes back to our challenge last week, which was like, hey, if you just instead of that negative word, if you just said something positive, instead of like, it, it wasn't a negative thing that he said, but it was like a negative action, right? You just change that negative action into a positive one. Those guys responded way better because again they, they look up to you you're their leader you're their role model for years um and so i think that goes a long way and, and like having that person that is able to challenge the leader and making like if everybody's able to like challenge that leader and be like or be open-minded or have those open conversations i think it goes a long way in making the team better yeah one thing that i've definitely learned from working at the gym was um presence and my one of the big things is customer service. You know, I'm always involved with people. I'm always around people. And so I always have to be turned on. And that's a very difficult thing for a lot of people is always being on top of their game. And that's where you see a lot of these professional athletes. That's why they get paid millions and millions of dollars because they can always be on when they need to be on. And that's where I think a lot of people try to take that influence of that professionalism in the athletic world and try to apply it into their everyday world, but they just don't fully grasp what they need to be turned on for. And that's a very tricky thing for a lot of people to understand is 
when do I need it to turn on? When am I doing something wrong? Understanding these things, but trusting yourself and knowing what you're doing is, is one thing towards that being on segment in my eyes, because I never trusted myself when I first started this job. And that damaged not my reputation with the gym, but damaged my work ethic. It just damaged me as a whole. And so once I started to trust myself in these situations, and I kind of applied that captain leadership role of like, all right, these people are looking up to me. I need to be on so I can make sure that their lives are better. Not necessarily my employees, but the people that I work out and that I train. And so that's a big thing that I think a lot of people need to take away is trusting yourself and trying to be turned on even when you don't want to turn on. You you said a lot of great stuff in there, and you actually inspired me. I'm going to go off a little, go off script here a little bit, but one aspect of what you said was like the direction of being turned on, right? It's not just like I'm turned on. Let me just do all this work. Let me just lead these people and just do as much hard work as possible. But you actually need a clear heading and direction of where you're going, especially as a leader. You need to have an understanding of where you're going, and to bring it back with this entire example of the team and sacrificing your role and all that stuff. I feel like if you understand your direction, especially your personal direction, like career growth, like you have an idea of where you want to go, you can understand that on a certain project, you can take a step back and realize that it's still a part of your long-term direction, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Um, for me, like, for example, I didn't have direction at all growing up. I felt like, I think I knew I was good in school. I knew I was doing good at certain things and I just went to college and I was like, sure, let me do this. And I talk about a lot with quitting my job, but I'm not going to go into that. But it's just like, I felt so unhappy because I was doing all this work for a company and I didn't have any direction. But now that I all of a sudden have this direction of becoming this web developer, I feel a lot more structured and on top of things. And I, when I do turn it on, it's in a certain direction that I like going. So I think that's a really good aspect of leadership and a team that you need to know your direction and what the buy-in is for that team. To, to quote. Even if you're not even the leader of the team, being the the pawn in that game and knowing your role and knowing your direction. If you don't know your direction, you're always going to be lost. And that's where the trust falls. If you don't know your direction, how can you trust yourself to do the right thing? And so that's a that's a big point that you just put on right there. And I love that. Yeah, I think the other thing to keep in mind is like there's the saying of like, right, the your chain is only as strong as the weakest link. And and I think if you apply that to our direction as to uh, the team's goal, right? So I think when we were kicking off this podcast, you know, it was even before we kicked it off, even before we recorded the first episode, it was like, well, what do we want to do? Do we believe in the direction? Where do we want this thing to go? Um, what do we actually want to talk about? What's the what's the theme of the podcast? Who are we trying to talk to? And like getting buy-in, each of us saying, yes and it wasn't like two people said yes it was all three of us kind of just saying like yeah that's the that's the correct direction that's what we all believe in and maybe we don't know what exactly that's going to look like or going to take shape to be but we know at like the most high level situation that this is where we want to go and i think like as long as we were all firmly believed that we're okay um and so like it was none of us being like oh yeah i I don't know that doesn't sound right it was just like all of us being like 100 percent. that's that's exactly where we want to go i mean apply that to the miami heat i mean derek you said it a number of times they definitely don't have the talent that the lakers did but they all believed that they could do it and that's why 
Jimmy Buckets is who he is, is because he led that team when they thought maybe in the back of their head, oh, I can't do this. But lo and behold, here comes Jimmy telling everybody that they can do it. He's working his ass off, making sure that they believe it just as much as he believes it. And that's why they made it to where they are, is that's so inspiring for a lot of people. And seeing the way he did what he did in the finals, unbelievable. Yeah, and I think when you take that and then you tell people – you can't you can't sit there as a teammate of Jimmy Butler and be like, oh, I, I uh, he doesn't work hard. He's just you know he does he doesn't do these things because that guy worked that guy literally sat out one minute of a forty eight minute game. I think he sat out like forty seconds actually. It's like a forty seconds of a forty eight minute game. Uh, the, and I don't know how you anybody could literally say that guy didn't work hard enough. And as a teammate of his, like when you see your leader work that hard, uh, like in a in a wolf pack, there's like that lead wolf who's like walking through the snow, making sure that the pack behind him is able to walk through that path. You know, that's that's a leader. That's that's crazy. Dude. That's a leader that I, I want to follow. Right? Like I, I would love to follow those kinds of guys. I'd love to follow Jimmy Butler. Super, super inspiring. Hell yeah! No, you guys nailed it. I mean, I I like the dichotomy between LeBron's leadership and Jimmy's leadership because LeBron is like tried and true and tested but like the jimmy like he's always been a leader in the nba but like obviously it's not proven because he hasn't won a championship or whatever air quotes just the fact that he's yeah air quotes if you guys didn't see i realized it's only audio yeah i think the one the one the one thing about jimmy Butler, like he got mad at so many other teams about previously and not this team was (laughs) how their work ethic like he so firmly believes like hey i i work so hard every single day I practice my craft every single day. You guys should be practicing this hard also. And I think Kobe was this, sort of the same way, right? Like Kobe would oh, wake yeah. up at like 3 a.m. Like, you guys, you guys don't practice. You guys don't practice this much. What's wrong with you? And I think like Jimmy was like, he got on the Timberwolves about it. He got on the Sixers about it. And like when he got to the Heat, stop stealing my thunder. <laughs> he got on the he, when he got on the Heat. Everybody was like working just as hard as him. They they put a great team together, like of just people that work their ass off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. That's what I, I like. I was saying. I I wonder what Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins are thinking right now, um, because when he was on the Timberwolves, he chewed them out. There was a whole controversy of Jimmy Butler, like calling out for not working hard and everyone thought he was a bad guy but then he came to the heat and he was like no i want to win and then the heat had that culture and they put it together and made something magical happen so it's it's incredible i think i think dudes like him are needed and dudes like him like should be leaders of of more than just teams you know they should they should have a say in a lot of things um but i think that kind of leadership is is what we need in in a lot of places right now or just to admire even just to to recognize and see and Maybe you won't have that type of leadership in the environment you're in, but you can always try to replicate it as much as you can. But work ethic is everything. Believing and trusting is everything. Yeah, I think so. I, I don't know if we're going to transition just yet, but to me, the leadership is, is is taking on the uncertainty for everyone else, right? Because Jimmy Butler, that's what he did. He took on the uncertainty of like, I'm the leader. I'm the man of this team. You guys do your job. And I, will, I will make sure you do your job, but don't even worry about anything else. And they believed in that. But he took on the uncertainty of his reputation, if you will. So I think that's the hardest p- thing. We're going to transition back to the workplace and more towards us regular folk, not the NBA. <laughs> the leaders have to take on that uncertainty, right? And like within businesses and managers, they're the ones that like if something goes wrong, they're the ones that ultimately have to pay the price. Or at least that's how it should be if they're, if they're leading well. Because they shouldn't be pointing at individual people 
and saying like, no, it's that one person's fault. Leaders should be like, this is my team. I want to inspire them. And if things go wrong, it's on my head. So um, with that example, or with what I said, do you guys have any last closing thoughts on leadership for, for a championship team? No, I'm good. Not on leadership. Cool. Okay. Well, I want to pose one last aspect that we've kind of touched on a lot of role, ways with roles and kind of on leadership, but big part is sacrifice. Um, and I think that is a very hard part for a lot of people. I know me being competitive. I know Richie being competitive. I know Connor being competitive. If anyone said, hey, you need to take a step back and let other people do this, our knee-jerk reaction would all be, screw you, I want to do it. Um, but I think now that we're older, we realize that we can't always do that. So with sacrifice, when do you guys think you need to, when does someone need to sacrifice what they're doing for the betterment of the team? And I first want to focus on the professional workplace, normal person aspect of it. Yeah, I mean, it has everything to do with workload, in my opinion, um, especially being part of a small team. Uh, when I was in that I have to do everything myself mentality, I was way overworked and the quality went down of the tasks that I were told to do. And having a team that was fully capable, but I just was, you know, I need to do everything myself because I know it'll get done. But I worked myself way overload and it, it all trumbled until I said to myself, I can't do this alone. I need help. And when I started to hand things off to other people, that's when that whole environment became so much more clear for me and our direction became so much more clear because I had time to put things aside and actually have a sense for myself. Um, so for me, it was all about work overload and just making sure that I wasn't overdoing it myself so I could have the ability to oversee everything else. Nice. I like that a lot. That's that's a that's a good revelation to have. I've been talking a lot. So Richie, uh, any thoughts on what he said? Um, not so much thoughts as much as my own theory here, I guess, or my own point of view from it. I think that as it's kind of comes into a couple different things. Like when you're sacrificing as part of the team, I think you have to question, you have to question yourself in the sense of like, do I believe in this mission that we have together? Right. And if I actually believe that, and I know that this is for the betterment of the team, if I firmly believe that, like I have to take that look at myself and be like, do I firmly believe that like, they're going to be able to do this without me um, or they can handle this without me or they're better than me at this. Um, then I have to take that step of like, Hey, like that is what it is. Um, and I have to focus on the things that I can control and like get, make sure that I get better potentially. Like if I got benched, right? Like the first thing I came to mind when you asked this question was like, there's always this little bit of animosity when you get benched for the other guy and that guy's starting over you now. And you're like, okay, I know I'm better than that guy. For, like your first thought is I, I know I'm better than that guy. That guy should not be starting over you. And you have this like weird animosity towards that guy versus when you're in the reverse situation, that guy probably has the same thing feeling about you. Um, and you don't necessarily want to be cheering that person on, but you like, you kind of have to, cause you're part of the team. That's the first thing that comes to my mind. Instead of like being like so gung ho about, like if that guy does well, I have, to, I have to be gung ho about it because this is the team. Like if I believe that, if I solely believe on that this goal for this team is um, better and they're better off without me being the starter, and I have to accept a lesser role, and I firmly believe in the mission, then hey, you know I got to do what I got to do uh, and be gung ho about every single aspect. You know, cheer that guy on 
and uh, do whatever I can to, you know, make sure that uh, things are going well for him. That's what came to mind. First thing um, in a workspace perspective, um, you know, I think you have to take in a project specifically, I think, you know, you have to spread the wealth. I think you no one person can tackle every single thing. There's also like an aspect of like, is the pro- projects are not necessarily the end game of everything, right? So, so in some aspects of like the project, you might want to be training uh, or learning other aspects. You might want to shadow some other people. And, and in those cases, you know, you might have the, the junior person take the lead in certain areas. Um, and you might, as a senior person, you might have to take a, a lesser role and kind of help that person. But again, like that's for the betterment of the mission or the goal. Um, and sometimes that's what you got to do. Uh, because it'll ultimately make the team stronger later on as you guys continue to grow together. Yeah, that was a good point. You you nailed it on the head with the animosity part. I remember when I was benched for JV soccer, when we were all on the same team together, I was like, F this, man. Screw you, coach. Like, I don't want to say his name because I don't want to put his name out there. It's like, you know exactly what I'm talking about, too. And I just I was so pissed. Um, it was probably right anyways. But I, that's exactly what I want. For us, for us to, to to focus on is that animosity and that initial knee jerk reaction of like I should be in there right now, and I think that happens a lot in professional lives. I know it happened for me um, for one of my projects where I was the strongest developer on the team. I knew the project inside out. When my tech lead was gone, I served as tech lead for like a month, and then when they did some project restructuring to pretty much, I was in line to become the next tech lead and I was ready for the responsibility. They combined my team with another team and gave the role to someone else. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Sorry for saying that word, podcasters out there, but I was that pissed. I was so upset. Uh, I still, to this day, <laughs> haven't come to terms with like like that, that decision. I still don't think it was the correct one, but some ways it was. And it turned out, the project turned out pretty well it, it was eventually what led me to my career decisions from there. Um, I love that project and went on, but it's just a good example of you, you kind of only beat yourself up if you're in it, if you have the animosity towards someone else, even if it's someone on the field, the court or whatever, if you have spent so much time hating someone else for their position, you should channel that inwards and get better at something yourself. Um, is what I would like to think with that, that sacrifice, you have that time and that energy, put it to something that is better for you. Yeah, there's always a there's always a reason for something as well. Uh, and in your instance, it's a little bit different because combining things, they might have said, "Oh, seniority, and this is a better fit, whatever." But if we're going to like an actual sports example, if you're getting benched for something, it's definitely not because the coach hates you. It's definitely because you were doing something wrong. And although you might think you're the better individual, and you might be, but in some instances, there might be a some type of thing that is not clicking with the other things. And you just have to find it within yourself. So biting your lip in that instance and saying, all right, why did I get taken out? Why am I not the lead? What am I doing wrong? What, am I, what do I need to improve on? That's kind of taking that last episode knowledge and taking that fixed mindset, turning into that growth mindset and say, hey, how can I get better? How can I make sure this doesn't happen again? Because nobody likes to be benched. Nobody likes to be in second, right? Nobody remembers the first loser. <laughs> you always have to kind of compete always. And so trying to find that growth is a difficult thing and it can be very frustrating, especially when you think there is nothing wrong, but going through that process and saying, why, what is happening? Asking questions, 
that can get you towards that that success mark and that can get you trusting that process. Yeah, I think the thing I talk about here, and I don't think we've hit on it too much, is is specifically roles. We've talked about sacrifice. We've talked about a lot of different things. We've talked about leadership. But I think there's a something to be said around the people that come in to play a specific role. When you look on, for example, the Heat or... Yeah, when you look on the Heat, you see Jimmy Butler, obviously the leader of the team. Tyler Hero killed it for them. Sort of like their um, chief of staff or <laughs> second mate, uh, whatever we might want to call it. But then you had like guys like Duncan Robinson. Um, and Duncan Robinson, and probably growing up, you know, all throughout his entire career, he was probably you know, top of top of his class in high school and, and even in college, right? Um, and then you get on to a professional team and you're on this random heat team. Uh, and it kind of seems like, you know, a random team, but his he has his role and his role is to, you know, make three-pointers and play good defense. Um, and he does that. And when he came on to that team and played his role, I think, like, if you spoke, focus on specific roles and, like, surrounding yourself with things that you know you're not good at or things that you know you need to succeed. Um, man, like, and you just focus on being really, really good at that. You know, those are invaluable assets to any team. And, you know, that makes a championship team work. Um, I know they didn't win, but, like, that he's the reason that they went to a game six. Um, you know, in game his game five, he killed it. And, uh, and he's the reason they had in the, you know won that game. He had he had twenty six points game five, and I can confirm that he killed it because the entire series I was cussing his name at the TV. <laughs> Role players, man. Role players. Ugh, gave me a heart attack. But anyways, uh, we're gonna wrap up here soon. Uh, the last last analogy I would like to make on the sacrifice, uh, just because we're on this Lakers kick. I for all my Lakers fans out there, Kyle Kuzma is a good example. I can't tell if he did sacrifice willingly, but when all his buddies got traded for Anthony Davis, um, things changed drastically for him, right? Before that happened, he was kind of like the man of the team. He was the hype of LA. Everyone was super excited, but he was the hype of LA on a pretty shitty team. Did not make the playoffs at all. And then when the trade happened, he got relegated to more of a bench role. And I'm sure it was hard for him, but he learned to play his role and now they won a championship. So I'm sure he's pretty excited about that and learning a lot about what it means to be on a championship level team. So that's one last analogy I'll have on that. Uh, before we get into this week's challenge, boys, do you have any closing thoughts? Anything you want to bring up last minute? Yeah, I think for me, you know, sometimes you have to remove, and we haven't spoken about it, but pride. You have to remove the sense of pride if for a certain goal sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you remove that and you take that third, like 180 or that third person view of the situation and really look at it and understand it, um, you know, I think sometimes you might notice that you're either the leader or you need to play a specific role to kind of make the team work and make the team gel. Um, again, there's four stages in a team, right? You're going to get through the storm, the forming, storming, norming, and performing. And uh, it's going to be difficult along the way, but, you know, as long as you're open and honest, I think uh, you'll be successful and you'll have hashtag consistency compounds uh, when you hit when, when you hit that norming phase. TM it, baby. Hell yeah. I love that. So uh, I don't even want to recap what we just said. They said it's some pretty good things. I'm going to jump right into the challenge, which on the theme of this week, 
which is teamwork. I would like all of you out there, not not just Richie and Connor, to think about what role you play on in your team, um, any team in your life, whether it's the team of your family, the team of your coworkers, the team of your apartment complex, the team of your community service club, the team of your gym. I don't know. You think about what role you play in any of those teams that you have going on in your life, because they are they are all individual teams. And I want you to recognize someone who's on your team. You can. It doesn't need, you don't need to be considered a leader to do this. You just recognize someone who's on your team who does something good for you, who does something that is important to your team's functionality of some sort. So um, my default will probably be my mother. I will probably do that either way because she is a very important part of my team. <laughs> she is. Yes, she is. So I will go as far as to say she is the best mo mother in the whole world. Wow. I hope my mom doesn't hear that. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, just just some thoughts here. I know Derek mentioned at the beginning of the episode some of the um, some of our handles for Twitter and Instagram. If you guys share this with us, like share your experience, share your conversation, I think that'd be super powerful. We can definitely highlight it on the next podcast. We can definitely highlight it on our social media. Um, but I think like this is a super good challenge. There's a lot of different ways that this could go. Um, you know, being appreciative towards different team members is goes a long way because, uh, you know, we don't say thank you enough to to our team members. I mean, just think about it. How would yeah. you feel yeah. if somebody came up to you and said, hey, I appreciate the work that you do for me because you make my life a lot easier? I'm sure that would put a smile on your face right away. Look at Richie's face already lit up. Amazing. I know. I know you're talking about me. That's why. <laughs> He also, his face lit up because he's thinking about uh, baguettes and mayo. Of course, That's what he's of course, about. of course. <laughs> <laughs> sure. And then the one last thing I would uh, actually add here is it is Connor's birthday by the time this comes out, and we haven't talked about that at all. We don't need to. Nothing's happening. I'm not a special person. We're not going to sing happy birthday on the podcast, but happy birthday. But if somebody, but if somebody sends us a video, we might no, put we that won't. on Instagram. <laughs> anyway. Cool. All right. <laughs> Yes, um, definitely check us out on Instagram and Twitter. Last thing I'll say about the challenge, like Richie said, the minimum I want you guys to do is say thank you, but take it above and beyond. I encourage above and beyond. So anyways, with that, eat a baguette daily. Let's entrust this crust, and we out. Yep, the next on the sun, I'll be eating this wheat. We out. <laughs>